0: If you are an estate or letting agent in the UK in 2023, then if you read the newspapers or listened to your necks or valuers, you would be wondering what the hell is happening to the UK property market. Well, myself, Chris Watkin, and the amazing Lee Wainwright, who used to be big in the game at Countrywide, winning one, one of the biggest regions in London for Countrywide when Countrywide were a real force to be reckoned with, and then subsequently, um was a boss man of the UK of Purple Bricks and then so now works a focal agent, but he's still got his finger on the pulse in the state agency. I've come together to produce a weekly vlog or podcast, depending on whether you want to listen to it, on what is exactly happening in the UK property market with real, actual statistics. The statistics come from a various sources, the vast majority of them come from the 20EA Insight platform. Now, i must stress to you boys and girls that 20ea are not paying us for this it's just that him and me are
1: 20ea fanboys aren't we lee welcome to the show lee uh, thank you chris thanks for having us and i'm really looking forward to talking about uh, the actual data in the property market for 2023 good stuff so that's for the purpose of this vlog or podcast we're
0: here to talk about the real numbers. So let's cut to the, let's cut the rubbish and get straight to the point. And Lee, we, the first screen that we're looking at now is the UK national new instructions, stroke listings, depending on whether you want, want to call them, for week one. And what we're doing is we're looking at 2016, 2017, 2018, 19, all the way through to 2023. So this is week one of each of those years. And as, just so uh, we can describe it, for those that are on podcast 2016 we had 20 just under 21,000 listings in 17 we had um and 2018 we had 15,000 listings in week 1 14,000 in 19 she dropped down to 9,000 in 2020 went up to 22,000 in 21 and now for the last two years been hovering around
1: 17,000 what's your thoughts on this lee yeah, so I think um, volume of new instructions coming to market is going to be um, really helpful for everybody to see on a, on a weekly basis. I do think week one January has got the the bank holiday nuance in there that might explain some of the peaks and troughs that we've got here. So I guess my my key takeaway from from this particular graph is that 2023 has about the same number of new instructions as 2022. Um, and for most people, that will make them feel quite good about coming back after Christmas and, and, and having a, enough valuations, enough new instructions. Um, and I think it's the most consistent part of the property market trends that we're seeing at the moment. But um, let's, let's build this audience there when I talk about the fact that some of the other data off the back of these is. is super super important for everybody to to see and
0: understand right then so let's move on to the second stat which is the national new instruction average listing prices in 2016 they've been however they've been it was around 360 370 but then it was drifting slightly downwards to around the 340s in the 2020s 2019s but just have a look at where we're going in 22 23 there's some big numbers there you know, and that doesn't match what's happened to asking prices. So what 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 are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so I think um yeah, you know, I, I called this out as one of the biggest surprises, Chris. For new instructions to be fifty thousand pounds almost more in January week one twenty-three versus January week one twenty-two. Um, that would be a watch out for me within my branches. I I I would be um thinking about whether my my, my valuers had got all excited and thought it was um, back in the summer when when, when asking prices were, were really high. I know you had a different take on that, didn't you? I did, because, I mean, let's
0: be honest, in 2022, the average listing price for the week one was 387000 and at the moment it's 431. Anecdotal evidence suggests that instead of we, we're having overvaluing, and overvaluing has taken place since Adam was a boy, I think what we're seeing here is, is larger houses are coming on the market. We've got the older generation who've been in the house 20 years, they're being hit with massive gas bills and electric bills and they're putting them on the market. There's some big stuff. Now, interestingly, later in the programme, I'm going to show you a graph which shows you what's coming on the market versus what's selling price-wise range. And I think that will blow your mind, mate.
1: Yeah, well, so I, I i think that when you've only got a couple of weeks worth of data, it 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 can lead you to believe your own interpretation of it. But for me, I think... And I look back at the average price in September when it peaked at four forty one, and then I saw the logic of it come down in October four twenty nine to four hundred eight in November and four hundred one in December. That that kind of gave me a sense of where I thought I'd see asking prices in in, in January. But uh, I think what it really highlights for agents is that the. Um, the sensitivity and the, the thought that needs to go into getting prices right in 2023, I think it's going to be a really important part of, of state agencies winning or losing. So, what? Back um, to, I think oh, us sharing the old days, where we actually had to uh, earn our money. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But I think this is why. I mean, you and I have talked about doing this for for a long time. I think the committing to it in 2023 and actually sharing this data, it's super, super helpful for agents that are out there and um the thing that we should probably say is it it raises as many questions as we we have the definite answers um but i think sharing the information gives people the the the, good stuff And again their own interpretation
0: and choices if you're listening to this on for vodcast God bloody hell i haven't even started drinking yet um put your comments in, in put your comments in the comments reply in the comments with your thoughts let's move on to price changes And that that looks like a river. It's up and down, you know, 2016, 1,500 price reductions. And then throughout 17, 18, 19 and 20, it was 8,000, 6,000, 9,000, 5,000, 12,000, 6,000 in 2022. And we've come back to week one, 13,769. I mean, these are absolutely massive numbers. And now in a second, we're gonna look at what the
1: average price was of these. But again, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, so I, I think this is uh, very sensible um, actions being taken by agents to make sure that their stock is in, in great shape for the, the start of January. Um, I, I do think um, those falling prices that I described in, in Q4 will will make it easy for agents to be having good quality conversations with their vendors and adjusting the prices accordingly. I mean, what just I think keep... interesting is that regionally, there isn't the variance on these numbers that there is elsewhere. So, you know, the lowest region, is, is, which is Scotland, has still reduced sixty-four percent of its instructions in week one, and and the highest, which is the East Midlands and Wales, have reduced ninety-seven percent. So, agents all over the country are thinking about getting the prices right, getting their vendors into the best position to to achieve a sale in in Q one and. I, I think these these numbers will be predictably higher in Q1 than they've been at, at, at any point in this graph from 2016 to 2022. That's what I mean, just,
0: give, just to give you an idea, the average number of price reductions per week in December was 7,500 and, and, and a bit a few pence. And then the average number of price reductions in November was in the order of 16,500. So, you know, the, again, we're only looking a week on week. And again, in you know, other programs, we, you know, we will look at week on week figures, but we'll look on month on month figures as well, just to give you a balance. Now, yeah. I think what would be quite nice is let's just quickly move on and talk about the average, the national average asking price of those price changes. And there's a, and what we've got to hear is, and don't get me wrong, it's a lovely kerfuffle pink there, but... The Price changes, you know, the average asking price of a property being changed in 23 is 389,000.
1: It was only 387 the year before, 344 four the other. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, that's kind of nearer the um, the differentiation that I would expect and the bandwidth for 2022. That's kind of why I scratched my head a little bit on that 431 asking price of new instructions and the 387. Um, so, I, I, I do think there are. Um, There are dynamics at play we haven't seen before, and you're right to call out that um, energy prices, utilities, bills being so expensive that there will be a number of people who felt very comfortable staying in their homes for for longer periods beyond their um, uh, outgrown use of number of rooms that will be changing their behavior now. I'm with you.
0: I mean, just to give give you some balance on that, the average in December for average asking price that was reduced was 374,000. And in um, November, the average asking price being reduced was £406,000. So, again, you know, we're only taking a week on week. That's why we like to balance it out boys and girls with what's happening in the previous couple of months. So I don't think this, I think we can move on from that graph. You know, we don't want to bore people yeah. to death. Let's look at the number of properties that are selling. So these are gross sales and the thing that screams out at me is 16 to 19 was a pretty good year. In 2020, remember, we had the general election or we were on the run up. So that's going to dip down. 21, 20,000. Know, you know, let's be honest, 20 going into 21 was absolutely mental. And now we're on 9,713 gross sales for week one. Thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, well, uh, uh, there's two things that. Um, really stand out to me, which is that the number of instructions are about the same. So agents have been outlisted 17,000 houses, but in properties, in 2022, they sold 12,500 of those. In 2023, they've only sold 9,700. That's a lot of missing cash Uh, and doing as much work in terms of your instructions and probably your viewings to sell less properties. That's going to be the bit that I think really draws focus and attention from agents and you know nobody can afford to have 25 percent less cash from the same number of instructions so i think that that's this is going to be um a a really pivotal part of what agents get to grips with and control it will drive the price reductions it will drive the behavior on pricing um, and i'm really interested to see how this pans out in january
0: Just to give you an idea of how that compares to December, excluding Christmas week, which again is an anomaly, then the average number of sales in December was fourteen thousand, and in November the average number of sales was bordering around sixteen and a half thousand. Okay, so again, it's you know it's the first week. Come on, we've all been away. There's
1: only four working days, Chris. So I I don't think it's the answer. That's it's going to take a a few weeks for that to, to, to level out, but. And again, It's four when we... working days this year versus four working days last year. And it's sales off 17,000 instructions this year and sales off 17,000 instructions last year. So it's definitely something that I'm really keen to see how it progresses, because it will steer a lot of the behaviours that we see within our branches. It will steer a lot of the behaviours that we see with our consumers. Now, here we go. This is an interesting one. The national af- af- the average asking price of the sale
0: agreed. So what's actually selling nationally? And between 2016 and 2020, that was pretty static around late two eighties, early two nineties. But steadily but surely we have grown. Could some of that be down to the factors that house prices have risen? Maybe. I mean, Maybe. I mean, what is particularly interesting is this. We're just going to quick back. Let's go look at the yellow graph. Is this is so the average asking price of what's selling is three four eight. But the av- we've gone back to the yellow graph now, bar chart, the National New Instruction Average listing price. The average asking price of coming on the market is 413.
1: That is quite a massive gap, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. And I think that's um that's again super interesting numbers for me. And one that it is too early after four working days of the of the year to to really call out any conclusions. My my action off the back of it is this is one to watch. I think it's um uh, it, it's just not sustainable to continue to list at 431 if the average sale price is gonna be 348.
0: Okay, it's probably a graph that we could add in to look at the price, the difference between the two. Uh,
1: well, okay. I think that's the other thing, Chris, that you and I said, we, we've talked about doing this for, for six months, I think it's exactly the right time to do it, but let's get people telling us what they're interested in. We've got access to the data, we wanna share it, we wanna be informative and, and helpful. So if people want anything, they should they should feel comfortable to tell us. And if they've got questions they want us to pick out, they should fire them questions at us. as well, it be as well it would be fantastic to answer them. Good stuff. We've got national data going back to twenty
0: sixteen, and we have regional data going back to twenty twenty. Okay, fall throughs, big topic at the moment. So yeah, let's let's look at this graph. Between sixteen and nineteen, an average number of fall throughs were around two to three thousand. I, what really shocked me is the, the number of sales that fell through in 21 went up to 7,488. At
1: the moment, we're hovering around 5,000 for the week. Thoughts? Uh, so I think the fact that it's about the same as last year uh, can hide the reality, which is, um, we last year there was 9,700 sales, this year there's 5,000, uh, sorry, 9,012. Last year there was 12,500 sales. And five thousand fell through this year. This nine point seven thousand sales, and five thousand have fallen through, um, and that makes a big difference to what's going into your pipeline. If your your net sales, which I think is one of the graphs we've got coming up next, so well, let's go, let's have
0: a quick look at the net graph, which is the orange graph.
1: Yeah. Net sales. Yeah. So your net sales are a third less. The revenue going into your pipeline is a third less, unless your fees have gone up, and I know some agents will have put their fees up. And for estate agents uh, um, across the UK to have a third less revenue going into their pipeline, that that's the kind of information that tells you that you need to be thinking about your businesses, asking the right questions, understanding the data. Um, it is only four working days of 2023, and it's very early, and there's lots of other things that that, that might happen over the next couple of weeks. Um, but it, it is a big difference. Um 30%. And again, I, I, I but the other, the other well, bit that does stand out, which we also talked about, Chris, is that actually it's about the same as 2020. And no. 2022 really does stand out that there's something going on with 21 numbers. I think that's the way the bank holiday felt, which is why those numbers look so big. But actually, 2022, what a brilliant year. And and didn't we all enjoy the conditions that we had in 2022 and the opportunities that it brought and I and think again, this just reinforces it's it's going to be different. You're going to need to think about what's going on within your markets and you're going to need to, to change your behaviours to to win. And that's why, boys and girls listening and watching to this, that not only are we going to look on week on week, but we're going to do a rolling
0: month as well moving forward so we can just see how the month is panning out. Because, like, one, one swallow don't make a spring, one week don't make a property market. Gross sales, next graph, which is the purple line, gross sales as a percentage of listings. Why is this important? This is one of your graphs.
1: Uh, yeah, so this is the one that I am most interested in. Um, aftermarket share, as, as somebody that's involved in an estate agency business, and quite simply, it's because I want I want my people to beat the average. So, if if the average estate agent is selling fifty seven percent of instructions, I want my my teams organising themselves so they're selling sixty five um, seventy so- percent. It's absolutely fascinating, and I will
0: not mention names. But in London, in central London, the two biggest estate agents. One estate agent sells twenty-seven percent of the. Well, actually, not sells. Exchanges, which will come on to, exchanges on twenty-seven percent of the properties, whilst the other competitor exchanges on fifty-five percent. Now, again, we cannot mention names here because we'll get a slap on the wrist. But it's absolutely fantastic that yes, you need to pour it in at the top, but you need your next to actually get the bloody thing sold and then through to exchange, don't you?
1: 100%. And, and look at all the different elements of your business that control that. How how well you qualify applicants, build relationships, uh, uh, present your properties, um, conduct your viewings, negotiate your offers. You know Those things all make a difference to how you fare compared to the average estate agent. And I think now that, that's the truism of gross sales versus listings. You've got the average, how do you better it? What I would say with this one, Chris, which I'm not sure we'll cover today in the detail that we will be able to in the future, but the the national trend on this is, is massive in week one um, with the trough being in London at 31% sales versus listings and the peak being in Scotland at 98% sales versus listings. So regionally, there is a big difference to to, to these stats and i know we we've, we've got those and we want to share them and you know it'd be great to get feedback from from people as to um which region they'd like us to focus on in a particular period but um I mean, we maybe okay maybe
0: next week if i mean if this is your is this is this one of your favorite graphs we could probably do a
1: regional roundup yeah why not let's um do that, Chris, or if everybody in the East Midlands is is listening, or if everybody in Wales is listening, why don't, that, why don't they tell us what they're interested in? But yeah, Indeed. I think I think let yeah, yeah it's, I mean, I I've, I've made some notes this morning in terms of you know the individual regions. Probably the one that surprised me the most was the East of England on forty five percent. That that kind of stood out really. I know the East of England pretty well. Ran a number of businesses um, in that part of the world, and theirs was the one that it was the second lowest and felt out out of kilter but it was also really positive that what I probably expected in the, you know, the volume guts of the country in the Northwest and the Northeast, you know, those guys have got reasonable numbers, 76%, 69%, but they've also got 83 and 82% of their stock as price reductions. And that that's another bit that for me drives this graph. If you're putting stuff on at too much money, you won't be better than the average agent. If you're managing your stock and getting your prices right and working with your vendors, um, which it looks like those guys with the volumes in the in the northeast and northwest are doing really really well now, those 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 give you those indicative actions to make a difference to to your performance within a market and control your own destiny so yeah I, I you know i love these numbers and i think they tell you lots about the agents that, that are working in your business good stuff and I, again thank you lee for that regional insight because again you're a bit of a
0: as i said a data geek like myself so should we move on to the next graph yeah let's go for it fall throughs as this is the green graph fall throughs as percentage of sales so i mean what you've got here is between seven, 2017 and 2022 she's been hovering around mid late 30s in 2016 22 but this year 51 percent. these are you know what's happening there or is this just a one-off that we don't have to worry about
1: i don't know it's bloody painful um i i it, I hope it's a one-off. Again, for me, you control your own destiny with this. You tie your sales up properly. You engage with your consumers. Makes a big difference, and you've got to get stuff through more quickly. If stuff, if if sales are taking twenty-two weeks to get through, which we know they are at the moment, you have got um, a long longer for those things outside of your control: death, divorce, job loss. You know those things are going to happen, but. I think it's fairly early to say I think the low number of sales probably masks some of the fall throughs that will have happened because people have changed their mind over the festive period and not told the agent until the 2nd or 3rd of Jan. Um, but it's an important stat for us to understand. I mean, interestingly, just to give you some
0: idea, these Midlands are on 49. We've got um, the East of England at um, 53. 53. Um, no yeah no, 53 59 uh, 59 yeah we've got 59. 56 uh, oh um this is interesting northeast only oh, as you said 39 percent yeah yep um any any other numbers that shout out at you you think regionally that
1: we need to just mention anything that screams at you that are away from the national trend well the three highest out of london 62 percent um southwest 60 percent west midland 60 percent I don't think geography is playing a role within that at the moment. I think there are some there's some nuances to play out after the Thank week one. You. Let's see what that looks like next week, but um, good stuff. I'd, I'd be super concerned if that's still. If that's over 40 percent next week, uh, I think we're we, we need to keep a closer eye on it and it probably would be good to share with everybody the the regional breakdown the week after Chris. But my good feel is that that will work its way through. We had a bit of a peak back in October on cancellations, but um, they got better in November. They got better in December, and I expect them to get better in January and February.
0: Price changes as percentage of listings. This is showing you're working
1: your stock, isn't it? Yep. I yeah. Mean that, um, that, that 81 looks fantastic, doesn't it? Well, I think it's a really good representation of the fact that agents are doing something about the trading conditions that we find ourselves in this year versus other years. So... um yeah, some good numbers. There's some great numbers regionally as well. Wales, East Midlands, ninety-seven percent. Um, but every region actually has reduced their prices. Doing really well. Sixty-four percent of the number of instructions they brought on. So, and that was a problem in two thousand and eight that we were, you know, you know, the market is
0: drifting downwards. The prices that are being achieved are lower. Or if you if you're someone else in the industry, they're crashing. No, they're just realigning. Okay, let's not panic here, boys and girls. But it just shows you that I think in 08, we think people were a little bit slow changing moving moving their stock. I think we've got some more switched on estate agents here, haven't we?
1: Uh yeah, I think it's it does feel different to 08 to me. 08 was short, sharp, deep, painful, uh, and Um, Actually, what we saw in October was some pretty significant um, pain to sales versus listing ratio and cancellation rates, but they got better in November and December. That's not what it was in 2008. It was smack round the face month one, smack round the face again month two, whatever you'd done in month two wasn't enough by the time you got to month three. This feels different in the data. The data tells us that it was pretty crap in October, but it recovered and it got better and consumer confidence uh, and interest in the property market is different to to where it was in in 2008. But I just think sharing this data gives people information that helps them draw their own conclusions on what it means. And I mean, you've just put up the net sales versus uh, net sales as a percentage listing graph. And you can see there that trend from. Sort of 2017 to 2020 at between 40 and 50 percent, bit of a peak in 21, the same in 2022, but then to be 28 percent, just under 28 percent in 2023. Again, just just painful. It is painful. That tells us we're going to have to do a lot of work as agents to earn our dough. But I do think it's a four-day week one, and we just need to see what that what that ha- what happens to that over the next few weeks and and how that moves itself forwards. I mean, interestingly, for the last three months, you know, which is October, November
0: and up to the third week in December, that average was, let me just pull up the stats now, let's just pull up the satellites now, 47.4%. But then what was particularly interesting is, is that those tumultuous weeks when uh, with we went, we were knocking on the door of low 30s. Now, again, I know that is 27% did remember boys and girls it is the first week back so it might just be an anomaly i think as you say we've got to look at the bigger long-term figures but we wanted to show you what's happening this week in isolation and then compare it any more yeah, thoughts I
1: think, I, think, I think chris the bit that i that i'm really keen for, that you and i can do that can be really helpful to agencies look we're, we're going to show you these numbers on a weekly basis we'll have a view and you know, you'll be right i'll be wrong and <laughs> when we get to April, it might go the other way around once or twice, but between us we'll have a view. And, and actually, do you know what in the audience eyes, they might have different views and they might see it in a different way. But we think by sharing the visibility, because we've got access to 20 EA information in a way that um objectifies what really is happening in the market, then somebody needs to, to share that with UK agents to give them confidence in their strategies, information to make decisions. Um and and if they don't like what we're putting forward or they got questions they can challenge and they can ask and we'll pick up on those questions but at least we're starting the debate and at least we're providing that objectivity that enables people to make make decisions on what's right for their businesses. Indeed and and
0: again boys and girls is that 20EA do provide this information uh, they have weekly stats going down to postcode district level for 21, 22 and 23 we have some national data going back a little bit further and some regional data going back to the start of 2020. So we'll be sharing that, but if you want that, then contact 20EA and ask for their insights platform. I must stress, we are not being paid to say this. So don't
1: mention our names because we're not being paid anything. We are fanboys. Let's move on. Let's move on. let's just say that Chris, that both you and I bought data from 20EA before we had this conversation and we did our own things with it and we're just merging those things together. Indeed. I still pay for my data, do you pay for yours? I do not pay for it, no, I, I'm happy
0: to declare that. But again, I pay for mine. well, there you go, you pay for this and this this national database is available if you have deep pockets. Is, yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I love data, I love what 20A do, so again, I'm happy to declare so everyone knows, but the deal is, is that they give me access to the data and then I share it with the industry at no cost, so you can learn it. If you want to get your own data, you go and buy it off them. There's no no skin off my nose whether you buy it or not. I couldn't give them monkeys. Okay. Yeah.
1: Right. Now that no. they watched us talk about it, Chris.
0: Well, there you go. We, Again, we're just fanboys. There you go. Can't you know it's a bit like Tesla. Everyone has te- you know Tesla's fanboys and fangirls. We are 20 EA fanboys and fangirls. Right. These are some data because you know I love my data and I like to strip out the data. Now here we go. So the yellow is every listing in November and December, and then split out as a, as a percentage in terms of what's come on the market. So here we go. Of the properties that came on, the, so let, again, let me explain this. So we've got a graph here, the, the yellow and the pink one. Just under the yellow, you can see the yellow graph here, up to a hundred thousand pounds, just under 5% of the properties that came on the market between in November, and December, were the asking prices up to 100,000 pounds but the, in terms of the ones that've actually sold in January just under 8%. Let's move on between for the 100,000 pound to 150,000 pounds 9% of the properties that came on the market in November and December were between 100 to 150 but 12% of the ones that actually sold were in that price range and so on and so forth. So you can see here nationally that Of the properties that are actually selling, which are the the pink bars, everything that seems to be selling is between zero and £300,000 because the the pink bars are higher than the yellow bars. Now, if anyone's listening on the podcast, don't worry. We're going to put a link that you can look at these graphs as you listen to your podcast, okay? because we're good like that. But then if you start moving further on, you've got the 350s and 400s. There's more higher-priced properties come on the market, but less of them are selling. Interesting. So basically, a lot more houses at the upper end are coming on the market, and the lower end is selling. Thoughts?
1: So I think it's worth saying it's not that everything selling is cheap, because uh, actually there are significant numbers of sales over £300,000, Chris. Yes. My thought on it is that demand is outstripping supply up to three hundred thousand pounds supply is outstripping demand over three hundred thousand pounds uh, so, so yeah look i think and again it, it's it's the facts it's what the data tells us is is true um i i think it's as we've said a couple of times today it's very early in january to make any decisions on what that might mean but it is definitely something to watch again uh, this definitely is definitely something to be aware is, of there goes that's fair goes we can probably
0: revisit yep. this bad boy later let's move on yeah, yeah. to this now, again, this is an interesting graph. I published this about a month ago. The blue line is the number of properties that are selling each week, going back to the start of 2017. And then you'll see that the blue line, she falls off the, off the cliff in January. And that's where, the, can you see, that's where the little Christmas trees are. And you can see that it basically, the housing market is extremely cyclical and doesn't change. And the only difference here is the lockdown that occurred with that little red padlock when in 2020 when that as i said the property market changed you know this is just telling me that 20 and 21 were were normal markets but just turboed up and rocketed but 2022 was very similar to 17 18 and 19 in hindsight thoughts
1: yeah 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 i completely agree chris i think um it shows that you you have got work to do with your clip art skills um but that the property market is uh (laughs) <laughs> uh, but the property market cyclicality is is pretty reliable and you know the seasonality in 2022 was back to the much more normal 2017 2018 2019
0: just for anyone that's uh, that is in awe of my clip heart skills the orange line there shows the number of fall throughs and again we're showing some quite you know normal activity Interestingly, the number of throughs has remained pretty standard throughout the since two thousand and seventeen. It's just that the sales have been more, which means that the ratios have been lower. But the same number of houses are roughly falling through. Let's move on and talk about stock levels. and this was done on the first of December, and as you can quite clearly see, in twenty twenty, there were three hundred thirty four thousand residential lettings properties on the market on the first of December. In twenty one, two hundred forty thousand uh residential lettings and 148 in um 2022 now before we move on and talk about this i've been given data and what's been happening here is that that shows i mean on this on the face of it that half of the properties are coming on the market for rent doesn't mean that there's 50 less rental properties available or in the marketplace Uh, or in terms of you know total number of private rental properties stock just that less are coming on the market i'm hearing and i've got anecdotal evidence and stats that have been provided by homelet which show that the number of say letter greeds is much higher is what people is people aren't putting on the market they're just finding the tenants from their database and then when they let them they list them and let them straight away
1: yeah, so I've, I've had same anecdotal stories from letting agents describing the carnage of putting a property on, on the portals and just having so many leads, they can't handle them. Um, and therefore, they're, they're, they've re-engineered um, uh, tenant processes so that there's um, a lot less noise around the workflow, but they're still able to let about the same number of properties that they have done in 2021-2020. In Um, But, yeah, from an available stock perspective, you can see why, um, you know, rents have gone up and tenants are scrambling for properties there. So um, it is interesting. And I think that's that's one of the things that I hope we can we can do by sharing data is give people information so that they can make the decisions on the workflows that are appropriate to their business and and shift and change with the data that's in the marketplace. And fantastic. What's your thoughts? if you've got 20 tenants who all want to view one property and they all want to go for it and you've got 20 applications, you are going to upset 19 people. Um, and if you're doing that property after property, after property, it's, it's, it's hard work. And as long as you can provide the very best service to your landlord and get them the best tenant paying the best price, um, you know, then that, that, that process for me needed thought and consideration. And it's clear that agents have taken actions. I mean again, it just shows
0: that you don't necessarily need the portals, especially on the rentals, you know, and it shows that probably should agents be educating tenants that they should be registered on the mailing list because you'll get priority
1: service. Uh, yeah, I'd look, I, I, I think engagement with customers is is crucial and um, I think there is room for the portals. I think the portals have got an important role to play to, in educating the consumers to the whole of market but well, i think agents have got a and more inro- important role to play in terms of how you know tenants and buyers can can build relationships that are helpful with them and enable them to to find the property that that meets their needs and, okay, so- and anybody that thinks they can do that just on the portals is mistaken my my question which is a slightly different challenge to your you know, what What do the portals do is we'll... I'm talking about sales. And lettings. I'm talking about sales and lettings, but the portals show the consumer what's available in the marketplace. Who's actually going to educate the consumer that there are better ways to find the property you're going to live in? Should be the agents. The agent. And your agents can't do that on the portals. You've got to do that within, you know, your engagements and your social media communications and the conversations that you're having and on viewings. You know, and that good quality estate agent to, to to find the opportunities, whether they're in sales, lettings, landlords, buyers, you know, that, that, that high quality estate agency skill of talking things through with people is more valuable now than I think it's been in the last 10 years. Excellent.
0: Quick, let's have a quick thoughts on resi sale. No, actually, hold on. Before we do resi sales, let's just have a quick look at what's happened to rents. In the last 10 years, I just that's a lovely uh, again, let's not spend too long on this one. I'm just very proud of the graph,
1: so very pretty. <laughs> this is this is the uh, uh, this is your uh, apology for the clip art, right? Yeah, this, that's my this, apology that's, for the clip
0: art. Okay, this is so,
1: you me that you have got skills. There you go, and they're multiplying, right? Very <laughs> interesting.
0: Look at this biggest, the biggest growth in rent has been Bristol. At nearly seventy-eight percent. Let's go. Let's let's just come back and final thoughts on Resi sales stock. So, in 2020 545,000, hundred forty-five thousand. Twenty twenty-one, three hundred forty-six thousand.
1: Twenty twenty-two, four hundred nineteen thousand. Yeah, I, I think it is reflective of what's happened in the trading conditions. It's it's agents are listing as many properties now as they were. At any point in the last or since we were released from the pandemic, the number of monthly instructions are the same. It is harder to sell now and therefore the available stock is growing. I think in lots of ways that will um, feel a little bit uncomfortable because it's harder to sell. But actually, there's fantastic opportunities within that. And, and, And quite frankly, as a buyer in the last two years, it was bloody horrible. I don't want to be one of 10 people going to an open house knowing that if I only offer the asking price I'm not going to get the property. Uh and I think that in terms of building building good quality chains and and moving people from one house to another house to another house within your within your within your agency. Oh, is that is that good old fashioned estate agency Lee?
0: Oh man. It's
1: old fashioned Chris I think it's you know that 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 ability. Is that a good Maybe. way mate? I say yeah, that no, I, 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 I get. I mean, look, you know, that's there, there are lots of agents who do that really well, and I don't think they would call it old fashioned. It's it's what people like you and I say because we, you know, we, we grew got grey hair. Well, we grew up in a time where we had to stick photos to sales details. Oh, I remember the days, hot boxes. We, yeah, remember we used to. I remember, I, I remember persuading the managing director of Dixon's Estate Agents back in 1991 to buy fax machines for every office and he talks to me about that being one of the most tech-savvy decisions he ever made. Um, uh, and it was crazy, crazy times. But in terms of good agency, whatever year it is, um, it is an old fashioned to me to understand that, um, you know, within within um, geographical demographics, there are migrationary patterns that you can take advantage of. Um, And I I talk about this all the time. I always try and get it into the videos. People who want a three bedroom semi, in terms of the conversation that they have with their agent, they all mean different things. Some of them want to work from home. Some of them have got kids that are two and four and they want a quiet cul-de-sac. Some of them, the kids are seven or eight and they want good school. Some of them, the kids are 19 and 21. They want side-by-side parking yeah that that ability to understand your buyers build relationships genuinely engage them in a way that's better than other estate agents that that's not old fashioned agency for me that that's great whether you do that through social media or through a fax machine or a, a telephone call that's the bit that has changed with time but you know realizing the responsibility of helping people find homes for their families you know that that's why so many people fall in love with agency, sales, lettings. It doesn't matter. You you are making a difference to where people live, and that that for me has always been a a, a very special privilege I, to I, be. in Because
0: let's be honest, last couple of years, you know, you, we have been all to take a sort of you know, it's kind of form an orderly queue. This is getting back to helping people move from one chapter of their chapter of their life to another. And again, those of you who are in your twenties or have not experienced a tougher market don't be afraid of this and especially don't be afraid of house price dropping because that's nothing to do with that's not that's not going to affect its transaction levels your job is to build chains you know i'm not losing 50 grand on my house well it's interesting i was with some estate doing some training yesterday with some estate agents about a a person who was selling a house that was 800 and had dropped to 750 and they were looking at a house at half a million and they said, right, how long is it going to? He says, I'm not going to sell. I want. To... I'm going to wait for my house price to go up to eighty thousand. He would have to. That person would have to wait five years because that's what normally happens to get to get the prices back. He would have to wait five years, and it would cost him a hundred thousand pounds to to make fifty, and fifty in the future. And they were going to save twelve, thirteen hundred pounds a month on their mortgage payments. It's our job as estate agents to look at the data and use it as experts, not just, oh, let's be afraid of it. Final
1: thoughts, Lee, before we go. Uh, So I think, summary, let's remind people what we, or let's literally tell people what we set out to do, Chris, was nobody's really sharing data openly that's objective within the marketplace. Both of us love the data that we got from 20CI, although I love it a little bit less now. I know you got it for free and I pay for it. Uh, We said that we would share the data in a way that people would be able to draw their own conclusions. We'd share our own views. Some of them people will agree with, some of them won't. We'd love to get questions and, and thoughts from people. I do think that the data after four days might not be as interesting as it will be next week when we have a look at a full week's data with no bank holidays and a bit of rhythm and routine back into it. Um, and I also think people should should feel very comfortable voting for information on their regions because the more people that are watching in a particular area the more likely we, or the easier it is for us to focus on east midlands or east of England or inner london or whatever it might be so um uh, really happy to share the data really happy to take questions um really happy to share my views and be told I'm wrong really happy to be Ask questions about why my views are in a particular position. And I know you're the same. So um let's 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 be as helpful as we possibly can to sales and lettings agents across the UK. Well, thank you, Lee, for your time today. Um, thank you for your Chris. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for watching this. If you've got any questions, send a message to on the, on the comments. And we hope you have enjoyed it. So we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you.